Welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast for June 24th, 2018. Today, Pastor's message is entitled, When Waters Rise, which is quite appropriate for our area considering all the flooding we've had. Stick around for the podcast, it's going to be a good one. If you're looking for a church, not sure about church, come and check out Houghton Baptist. We'd love to have you. Come as you are, we do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. singing during worship, right? Isn't that cool? Love hearing uh, our kids singing, worshiping, and just getting before God. I, I asked Kipton last night, that's my four-year-old, I said, do you want to go to church tomorrow to worship God? And he said, no, I want to go and play on the play place. <laughs> at least he was honest. We have some, some work to do at home, church. No, I, I hope you came in here expecting God to do something, to speak into your life. I know it's been a crazy week uh, with, with many different things on our minds and hearts. And, and, and who's tired this morning? Anybody tired? Right? I give you permission to sleep. Go ahead and just kick back the chair and you can just, no, better not, not, not sleep. I, before I get into the preaching time, I wanted to just share something with you. Uh, because it, it shows what God is doing here. Uh, at our church and through our church, but a few weeks ago uh, before service, uh, I had the opportunity to lead two individuals to Christ, uh, and that's awesome, right? That's, that's uh, why we're here, uh, why we have service, why we have a ministry, why we have a, a building and facility. It's just to reach people for Christ, and so uh, I get to baptize uh, these two. It's a, a married couple. They're smiling in back, right? Only known these two a couple of weeks, what, three weeks now, and uh, God's already using them. They were at the Donation Center at Love, Inc. Uh, all week long, uh, serving and plugging in. And you know what it's about, right? Lives being transformed, and so that's, that's what we're here uh, to do. So I'm excited to baptize you on Saturday, and uh, I'm just excited about what God's going to do here, because God's got big plans for, for us. So let's pray and ask that God would speak to us through His, His Word. Father God... We love you, and uh, we, we worship you, and uh, Lord, we, we sit before you, and we stand before you this morning uh, in awe of you, in, in awe of, of what you're doing, D- despite our surroundings. Uh, God, you, you are the great I am, and, and may we be reminded this morning of that as we, we listen to, to the preaching of your word, and Lord, I pray for our community, our friends and family. Lord, those that have lost so much. God, that you would restore families. That you would restore brokenness. That you would replace possessions. That you would would do a mighty work here in our area. And God, I, I pray that you would continue to use this church for the sole purpose of reaching lost people and and uh, leading them into a relationship with you. And, and I pray that as, as mature believers, as people of, of the church, God, that you would raise us up too to, to disciple those new believers and, 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 and new converts, God, to love on them and mentor them and, 
God, you, you've given us such a great opportunity. So I pray that you just do a mighty work through me this morning. And uh, would you just speak to our hearts? We love you. praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. <clears throat> so I had a brief panic mode in my office about 9 o'clock. I was going through my, a little after 9, I was going through my message. And again, I see error <laughs> on my iPad. i got to get a new iPad, church. Uh, and uh, it was loading, and I thought, here we go, here we go, and uh, God uh, had my back. So uh, I'm thankful that uh, we have a message for you this morning. I- I've entitled this message, What Went Wrong? What Went Wrong? I, I would assume that-, that many of you are still in shock about the damage our community suffered last weekend with, with flash floods, millions of-, of dollars in damage. In fact, it's unbelievable, isn't it? At, at home, I, I remember getting some text messages Sunday morning and, and uh, about flooding and, and not being here. And I was like, what is going on? I mean, we're used to snow, not floods. And uh, so I thought I better just check this out. And then I saw church after church cancel and, and pictures of roads collapse. And, and I was like, I, I better check my own basement. And so I lifted up the hatch, and God had a blessing waiting for me. I had five and a half feet of water, and uh, I could almost touch the water from my kitchen, and it was panic mode. You know, I didn't want things to be ruined, and we were probably about an hour away from flooding ourselves. I took a cold shower this morning, amen? Just feet away, just like that. These things don't happen here. Do they? We're, we're, we're in God's country, right? Amen? But, but when it does, it, it catches us completely off guard. We, we weren't prepared. We, we weren't ready. Isn't life like that, though? Amen? Things, things seem to be moving in a, in a certain direction, and then all of a sudden, wham! Something like this happens to us. What went Wrong. Isn't that our first thought? God, I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Have you ever thought that? God, I thought we, we were headed in, in the right direction. God, life was finally starting to work together for my good. Romans 8, 28, right? My good. Then this happened. Then this happened. Who would have thought that we would see this type of flooding in our area, let alone 60-plus sinkholes and roads collapsing all around us. In fact, it's probably the last thing that we would have thought we would face, but it happened. Everybody say, it happened. Today, as we look at this text, my goal, and it's a simple one, is to just make sense of our current situation and, and give us reasons to why God allows such things, such difficulty. And hopefully through it, we become stronger. Do you want to be stronger, church, right? Maybe more in tuned and ready to be what God wants us to be through the storm. Because it's my belief, church, there's a purpose for every storm that we face. Do you believe that? We don't enjoy it. We, we don't like them. But there's a purpose for every storm that we face. John sixteen thirty three says this. In this life, you will have, somebody say it, 
Trials. That's fun, right? In this life, you will have trials, suffering, tribulation, difficult, whatever word you want to put in there. But this, take heart, he says. I have overcome the world. No no matter what we do, and this is a scary thought as we follow Jesus, because we think as we we serve God and live for God that we're exempt from suffering and trials and tribulations. But it's the opposite, isn't it? We will face things that are difficult. Forget all of the stuff in, in our community that's happened. You guys are facing some tough things right now in your life. Maybe no one even knows about it. But you know. And God knows. God knows your battle. Right? Things that are trying to destroy us. Things that are trying to, to, to pull us away from, from God. But the Lord says this, take heart. Isn't that cool? Take heart. Be courageous. Be encouraged. I have overcome the world. In other words, I've got this. I've got this. Do we believe that? We read it in Scripture, but does it really sink in as we're facing our trials and facing our storms? I've got this. The Graham has control of your trial, of your situation. Let's look at the text this morning. Mark 6, Mark chapter 6, verse 45 through 52. Feel free to use your smartphones or tablets or the Scriptures, whatever you have. Or follow along on the overhead. Obviously, we're taking a break from our series. I felt it was appropriate to do something different. Wasn't it appropriate, church? Everybody say yes. All right, Mark, good. I'm I'm glad. I'm off the hook for that. Mark chapter 6, 45 through 52. This talks about Jesus walking on the water and sending his disciples into the storm. Now, there's a, there's a point in one of the Gospels where Peter steps out of the boat. We're not going to focus on that this morning. Uh, we're just going to focus on this main text. Mark chapter 6, 45 through 52. Here we go. Immediately he made, everybody say he made, his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountains to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. He saw them being battered as they rowed because the wind was against them. Around three in the morning, he saw, or around, where is there? Around three in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass by them. When they saw him, they were terrified. Immediately he spoke with them and said, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded, because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. The first thing that I want you to notice is that it was Jesus who sent the disciples into the storm. How nice, right? It was Jesus who who sent his brothers, his family, directly into the storm. Everybody say, it was Jesus. Jesus. Pastor, I thought the scriptures say that God protects us from the storm. Isn't that what we're looking for in God? 
That God protects us from these types of things. That God is a refuge and shelter from life's storms, life's difficulty. Why would he send his closest friends directly into it? Why would he do it? Here's why. You ready? The storm would teach the disciples things he couldn't teach them any other way. The storm would test their faith. Jesus said this, I will meet you. It's good to be Jesus, right? Jesus, I will meet you on the other side, but mentioned nothing of the test or the storm. I will meet you on the other side. After the storm, after the difficulty, they would see Jesus Christ completely different. In fact, this was the first time recorded in Scripture the disciples worshipped Him as the Son of God. Isn't that crazy? After all the times they had spent with Jesus, already the other signs that He had performed, and now, for the very first time, they would be able to see Jesus. They would see Him as the Son of God, and they would worship Him. There are things, church, that God will teach us in the midst of crisis, in in the midst of of suffering, in the midst of, of great heartache, that we can't be taught any other way. Have you experienced this? Life lessons that God's trying to teach you? There are things that God has for each of us that can't happen without the storm washing away what, what's dead in our life. Anybody in here have something dead in their life? That's a weird thing to raise your hand to, right? Something dried up. Something calloused. The storm always serves a purpose, doesn't it? Over last week, people have lost their homes. Many people, right? Their their vehicles, their possessions. One family lost a son, their 12-year-old boy named Thatcher. It doesn't get much worse than that. Just to see his little face, I tell you what, man, just breaks my heart. Doesn't it break yours? And yet even... As dark as those things seem and are, God had a purpose for last week's storm. I I wish that wasn't the case. I mean, he has a purpose, but I wish that somebody didn't have to lose their life for God to do something. But God had a purpose for the storm. And and I know it almost seems cliche to say, but it's the truth. I've I've seen the community and, and the church come together for one common goal, haven't you? No lines, no divides, no differences, just just working together. I've seen people from the church serve in ways they may not have served otherwise. I've seen people love, love in ways that they may not have have loved. Why? Because there's a a level of deadness. There's a level of being calloused and cold and, and hard. You just get caught up in the routine of life and it takes the storm right? To, to wash away all of those things. To teach us what God is trying to teach us. The Bible says that they will know us. Who's they? The world. The community. People. They will know us by our love for one another. 
Let me just say this. God right now has used this storm this past week more than any other thing the church has ever done in this area. I truly believe that. More than, more than block parties. We're, we're good at block parties, giving out hot dogs and things like that for the community. More than VBS or Bible studies or, or Sunday morning service. People are seeing Jesus Christ lived out in us through the church. God has made himself visible through the storm. Through the storm. I've seen it. People are seeing Christ lived out in in our local churches I've seen people build relationships and connections, and, and we're working together. We're not fighting. We're working together as, as a team. I've seen people through Love, Inc. We had so many volunteers this last week. Half of them were from the community. That's like the first time in a few years that I've seen other people besides our church in that donation center working, serving, laboring the community, like, I don't know you, <laughs> I don't recognize you, but yet God brought us together. Local businesses, man, they've been phenomenal, haven't they? Food and supplies and community members coming together. God uses the storm to reveal his purpose. God uses the storms of our lives to reveal a greater purpose. Everybody say his purpose. It says immediately. Mark tends to use that word. It says immediately he made. Now, I don't think Jesus physically manhandled the disciples to get into the boat, right? Threw them in there. No. He commanded. He told them to go. And they listened. Are we not commanded to go? Amen? Are we not commanded to go and love and help people, right? It says immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. I've got work for you. You guys can go home. You guys can go home. Go ahead. We fed you. We fed you. We've got work here. Jesus had just performed one of the greatest miracles the area had ever seen, that the disciples had ever witnessed, feeding 5,000 people with one lunch, multiplying the loaves and the fish to feed those that were hungry, those that were there, then sends his disciples out for yet another lesson. Oh, good, right? I'm sure Peter was tired. (laughs) I'm sure when Jesus said, listen, get in the boat and I'll meet you over there, they were like, man, man. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe your pastor asks you to do something, and your church says, hey, I need this of you. And you're like, man, I just wanted a nap. I just wanted to sleep. They just got done feeding 5,000 people. 5,000 people. Weren't they tired? Weren't the disciples tired? Amen. Weren't they, they weary and, and wore out? Have you ever felt that way in serving God? Amen. Come on, church, be honest. As though God just put you through something super difficult, something super tough, stretched you and grew you, and it was difficult. And then yet another test or trial rears its ugly head again. And you think to yourself, 
I am tired. I have no energy for this. I have no faith for this. I'm wore out. The disciples had just spent the entire day serving and and helping their community, meeting the needs of the area. And then Jesus has the nerve to send them directly into the storm. Not around it. Right? Not around it, not before it, not after it, right into the middle of it. Notice, church, this lesson was geared directly for the disciples, those in the boat, those in the inner circle, those in the church. The, the lesson wasn't for the crowd that night. It was for the disciples. Did you notice over the past week that only certain areas were affected by last week's storm? Some places got it worse. Some places got it worse than others, didn't they? That's a hard thing to deal with. For those that lost everything, right, to see others that didn't quite go through what they went through, and then to be that other person that, that, that their life is still kind of intact and their home is okay, while all this devastation was happening around us, wasn't that difficult? We're all taught different lessons at different times. Some of you maybe today say, you know what, that, that person never goes through anything hard. They haven't struggled. They haven't struggled like me. They haven't suffered like like me. We're all taught different lessons at different times, right? It's so easy, though, to get upset and bothered by those things. You ever felt like God was picking on you? Amen? You just want to hide. Get out of his sight line. Listen, when you are making a difference for the kingdom, and you're moving forward in your faith, I'm sorry, church, but you will be tested. You will go through hard things. You will go through tough things. God has a purpose in it. The storm always teaches valuable, valuable lessons. Have you not been taught something this past week yourself? Right? About your community? About the God you serve? I feel like the cleanup's almost already done. People are surprised by it. I've been waiting for our, our state convention to uh, send their relief team. They had some things that delayed them, and I thought, hey, if you're going to be here Thursday, we, we might have this thing wrapped up. God has proven himself. He's used people. He's used you. He's used our community. I think we're all learning, all of us, exactly what God wants us to learn from the storm. The disciples were headed out into something that would change who they were. That's important. God, did you know God wants life change for us? We'll say, Pastor, I've been saved 25 years. So? <laughs> I'm happy for you. God still wants life change for you. He still has a purpose for you. And sometimes I think we just kind of give up or we've been there, we've done that, we've gone through church, we've gone through the motion of serving God, God still has a purpose for your life. And He'll continue to test you and test you and test you. Why? Because God wants something more. Say, Pastor, I have nothing else to give. I have nothing left. Maybe some of you here today say that. Maybe you feel that way. You have nothing left to give. 
Take advantage of the life that God has given you. The breath that you breathe this very moment. Because God has a purpose for it. Right? This would change their, their view. This would change the disciples' perspective. It would, it would change their, their faith. And more importantly, their relationship with Jesus Christ would be different after the test. After the trial. After the storm. In Mark's Gospel, it says that Jesus headed up into the mountains to pray. So here the disciples are in the boat. And there's a storm present. And they're working. And they were rowing. And Jesus is on solid ground. He's not in the boat. He's going somewhere else. What's wrong with this picture? At first glance, it seems as though he left them. Doesn't it? That he's abandoned them. That he's walked away from the disciples. I bet some of you this morning have felt like God has walked away from you. Left you. I hate that saying that God never gives us anything more we can handle. Oh, come on. Right? I hate hearing that. That's something that belongs on a coffee mug. It's not true. God God refines us and he tests us and he, and he applies pressure. And he allows such difficulty where we are broken before him so that we have life change. So that God can produce something greater in you and through you. Right? He didn't leave them. He didn't leave them. The mountain that he went up to overlooked the Sea of Galilee that they were out on. Isn't that cool? In fact, from the point where Jesus Christ was sitting, he could see their boat. He could see their struggles. He could see what they were up against. He could see the degree of difficulty in which they battled the storm. It says in verse 48, he saw them being battered. Why do you wait so long? Aren't you thinking that when I, when I read things like that? Like, what is he waiting for? He saw them suffering. The wind was against them. The wind was against them. Jesus never... He was keeping watch over them. Nine hours of them wrestling and battling the storm. It's funny, church, no matter how old my kids get, whether we're at the beach or out together somewhere as a family, I never take my eyes off my kids. Jillian might tell you something different. It's my job to make sure that my kids, my children, are are safe and protected from danger. I'm their dad. I'm their father. I I do do spot checks. Okay, there's Caden. Okay, there's Ryan. There's Kipton. Okay, we're good. We're good. They're all accounted for. They're all safe, and they're all accounted for. Let me ask you, how much more does God, God, the great I Am, Messiah, Yahweh, look out for each of us? His creation, his people, his children, 
His church. Even when, when things seem bleak, seem, seem dark, He's there. Even when things seem overwhelming, too much, too heavy, He's there. Everybody say, He's there. He's there. He's there. I don't care if it's depression. I don't care if it's anxiety. I don't care if it's addiction. Your marriage is falling apart. Maybe it's just loneliness. He's there. He's there. We, we feel like the disciples just working. And, and God is so distant. He's so far away from us. Don't we feel like that at times? But He's present. He's present. Notice the Bible says that they, they rode. They rode. They, they worked. They were sent out to work. Sent out to, to row against the wind. To learn more lessons. Why would Jesus make this test so difficult for them? Why wouldn't the wind work in their favor? Right? Have you ever thought like that? As a follower of Christ? They're the disciples! Jesus' closest friends and companions, co-laborers, they're free, and yet the wind was against them. The wind was against them. We have to stop telling people that life's easier walking with Jesus. Amen? That, that life's problems simply go away once we follow Because those are lies. Those are lies. Those are lies. We actually set new believers up for failure when we tell them stuff like that. Like, your life is just going to be a piece of cake. God is good. Things are always going to be okay. That's not the truth, is it? In fact, it's more difficult. I love walking with Christ and living for the Lord, but it's difficult. Have you experienced that, church? Amen? It's more trying. There are greater tests, greater difficulties, greater obstacles, but the relationship with Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. 1 Peter 1.7 says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Did you know that God cares about whether your faith is genuine or not? He does. These trials, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. When your faith remains strong through many trials, we love that word many, right? Many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ is revealed to the whole world. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. As Jesus watched the disciples struggle, he prayed for their success. Remember, he went up to pray, and that's exactly what he was doing. He, he didn't want them to fail. He prayed for them to, to succeed. As we struggle through things, as we fight through things, Jesus watches and prays over each of us. Just look at John 17, where Jesus prays for the disciples. He prays for them. 
He does the same for you and I. I think we forget that. I know when I'm at the bottom, when I'm facing some of my greatest difficulties, I forget that Jesus is praying for me to succeed. That he cares. He cares. He's watching the struggles. He's watching the difficulty. He cares. Cheering us on. Isn't that an encouragement to you this morning? Cheering us on as our faith is being tested by God. It says at three in the morning, Jesus got up and went to them. Finally. Finally. It was clear that they were going nowhere without him, and here he comes, walking towards them on the water. What a sight. Would you not be terrified in that situation, right? The Bible says that they were afraid, and so they began to to cry out, not because of the storm, but because of the Spirit. They thought Jesus was a ghost. I think we would have too, right? They'd never seen such a thing. Would you imagine his power and capability? Think of what they were going through, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, Jesus appeared on the water, in the midst of the storm. Church, as we face hard things, difficult things, storms, we have to keep in mind it's not up to us when Jesus decides to show up. And yet sometimes we feel it's so urgent, don't we? God, I need you right now. I'm lonely, and I'm broken. I'm suffering, and I'm hurting. I need you right now. And Jesus stays where he's at. And he allows the test to go on that much longer. He's praying for you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's cheering you on as your faith is being tested. Jesus calms the disciples with three simple words. It is I. Imagine the commotion. Maybe they were running into each other. Maybe they were arguing. Maybe they were fighting. Maybe they were panicking. Maybe they were wondering why they weren't getting to the other side in the midst of the storm and the wind. Why they had no favor as the wind was against them. It is I. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Have courage. Have courage. You're mine. You're mine. I I wonder what things you're going through this morning. And you need to be reminded that, that God is in control. Not the storm Not the trial itself, but God. It is I. Don't be afraid. Have courage. Take heart. Take heart. Jesus then climbed into the boat, and immediately the storm stopped. What are we waiting for? Maybe we've severed our relationship with God. Maybe... We're not living for Jesus the way that we're supposed to. Maybe there's sin in our life. And we're, we're waiting for that connection. We're waiting for something to feel different. Jesus climbs into the boat. The wind stopped. 
the storm stopped. It says that the disciples were completely astounded. Why wouldn't they be? Not only was their faith tested, but their their view of him had changed. They, They were amazed at what just took place. But don't miss this last part. We're almost done. It says that they didn't understand about the loaves. Isn't that crazy? They didn't understand about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. That's mind-blowing to me. You can be so close to Jesus and you can see him do so many miraculous things and your heart still be hardened. They missed it. They missed it. Have you been there? Just completely miss it. Maybe it's stubbornness. Maybe you're hard-headed. I don't know. And you've just you've missed what God is trying to do in your life, in your church, in your community. We're just going through the motion. Don't miss. God is trying to teach you through all of that negative stuff, all of that bad stuff, all of those difficulties. Don't miss what he's trying to teach you. Here's the point I want to make and we'll close. It took the storm to win the disciples' hearts. It took the storm to to grow their faith. It took the storm to change their perspective. The Bible says that they they worshipped him. What does God have to do in your life to change your perspective? To wash away the dead, to wash away the callous heart, Wash away those things that aren't good for you and aren't good for the kingdom. What is it going to take? Let's pray. Father, we do love you. We thank you for lessons like this out of Mark 6. Lord, where you sent your friends into the storm. God, that you didn't leave them to suffer. You didn't leave them to to struggle that you were up on that mountaintop praying for them, watching over them, cheering them on, praying they would succeed. God, we know this morning, those that are going through such difficulty here, even in our own church, the disease, the marital issues, the addictions, God, you're watching over us, praying for us, cheering us on. God, we pray for our community. We pray for those few families that lost loved ones this past week. God, would you reveal your purpose? Would you touch their lives? Would you touch their hearts? Their brokenness, their suffering, as they mourn the loss of their their young one. God, would you use this church as a beacon of hope and light to our area, change us, renew us, help us to keep your mission, our goal, and our focus. God, we thank you for what you're doing. I pray that you keep volunteers and community members, disaster relief teams that have come up, keep them safe and protected. Continue to use this for your glory, your glory and our gain. God, we love you. 
We praise you in the midst of suffering and trials. We praise you in the midst of our greatest storms. God, you're still good. You're still faithful. You're mighty. You love us. You are a refuge. You are a shelter. God, use us for your glory. We love you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Would you stand at this time as we go out with this last song? Hey, thanks for listening to the Hope Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you're looking for a church or it's been a while since you've been to church, why don't you come and check out Houghton Baptist? We certainly love to have you. You can come as you are. We do. Also, if you're interested in giving, you can give by text. Just send a text to 906-346-1317 and follow the prompts from there. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast and have a great day. Thank you.